0: down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
1: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get, 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So
0: give it a try at MintMobile.com/switch.
1: switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too.
1: Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off. This is your weekend preview show and this is also your final show before Christmas. Chris is back with us. Chris has been in Lapland with his family, come back wearing a beautiful red and white Christmas jumper. I haven't quite joined in the theme of the day. Um, I'm also sitting in a Costa coffee shop in Ambleside in the middle of the Lake District. So any clanking wearing and hissing that you may hear in the background um will be the cost of coffee machines that will not be i will repeat that will not be the machinations of chris's brain as the um is
0: clanking is clanking a word
1: clanking is a word chris yeah clanking is 100% is a word. yeah yeah you feel free to have a look in your okay. online dictionary when, no, we're, I'll, when we're through I'll Google with that, Yeah. anyway after, welcome yep. all welcome all i'm glad to be um with you again chris I know you had a good time. I don't have to ask you because I've seen the social images of you uh, dancing and prancing around um, in the snow in Lapland. So let's get straight into football and let's get straight to the big game this weekend at Anfield. It's Liverpool versus Arsenal. The third big game of Liverpool's week, really, having drawn with Manchester United in the league and then dispatched um, West Ham quite clinically from the last eight of the Carabao Cup. They're now going to... What is by far the biggest game of their festive period? They've got to get a win against Arsenal, and Jurgen Klopp's been moaning about the crowd, Chris.
0: Well, um, I don't think they have to get a win against Arsenal. I think that that both of these teams uh, will be in the mix at the end of the season. Jurgen Klopp's quite right to 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 moan about the crowd if that's that's the way he uh, feels. Uh, I think we're in an age where there are a lot of football fans. Who attend these games? The corporate mob, uh, who maybe feel a little bit entitled and expect to too much. I think that that's fair. It looks like you're going to come in there, Ian.
1: I certainly think that Liverpool supporters have been spoiled over the over mm. the, the during the Jurgen Klopp years. I would agree with that, and I think they would probably accept that themselves. They've witnessed five, six, seven years of, of uh, rock and roll football. Um, to give it my own uh, phrase. I have to say I was at Anfield last Sunday for the Manchester United game. Gary Neville was the first one to pipe up and say he didn't think the atmosphere was great. I thought it was fine actually. I thought the atmosphere was absolutely fine. But it but you but on uh, uh, last night against West Ham, Liverpool won 5-1. Jurgen Klopp clearly uh, well didn't think it was up to scratch. He says that the Anfield crowd must be on their toes on Saturday night. Claims that um, he doesn't think that he should have to have a row with the opposition manager on the touchline to get it going. Although let's face it, that may happen given the personalities involved. <laughs> I suppose it depends where you stand on this, Chris. Whether you think that a football team should entertain the crowd to get the crowd going, or yeah. the, or the other way round, should the crowd be the one who gets the team going? Coming as an ex yeah. ex player yourself, wh- where do you where do you see that?
0: Well, yeah, that's, uh, and that's an argument which is sort of always doing the rounds depending on your, how your club is doing. I think, I think the point you make in which, you know, I, uh, which I made about Liverpool fans being spoilt and, you know, maybe a little bit entitled, the brand of football they've had under Jurgen Klopp really does stand. Um, but I, I think in fairness to Jurgen Klopp, he would be the best judge and, and, and would have understood and known the crowd and also realise the impact of his words, which it should have on the on the crowd. And if he said it, it's because he feels it and it's an enormous game at the weekend. You know, let's get it right. They've had a pretty good week anyway. I mean, you know, Manchester United parked five buses at the weekend by all accounts. Liverpool peppered the Manchester United goal, couldn't get through. That sort of sums up Manchester United and where they are at at this moment in time, celebrating um a, a a goalless draw at uh, at Anfield but from Liverpool's perspective they know that this is enormous and they can put a uh, not just it, it's not just about winning the game it's also putting a, a trying to put a dent into Arsenal and Mikel um Mikel Arteta's team's confidence uh, so you know the game at the weekend is enormous and and you know they need the crowd with them. And Liverpool Anfield is is uh, famous for the uh, for the atmosphere, or has been famous for the atmosphere. And they need to go again at the weekend.
1: You know, you know what, though, Chris. I think if I was a Liverpool supporter who was paying to go every week, and I was paying, uh, you know, the prices at Liverpool are, are, are no better or no worse than anybody else. But it's expensive to watch football these days. If I was going as many times as you're asked to go at this time of year with all the different competitions. And I, and, and I had a day where you know what for whatever reason I was waiting to be entertained rather than the other way around I think I'd feel that was my prerogative personally I don't think there's anything incumbent on a supporter to turn up at any football ground and scream <laughs> from the top of their lungs for 90 minutes um, um, uh, without stopping especially if you're not given an awful lot in return which to be fair Liverpool fans were not on, on Sunday. You say that my United went there. You say United went there and parked five buses. I was in I was in the stadium. You said that Liverpool peppered the United goal. It wasn't really like that, mate. I know you might I know you've probably had a look at the BBC stats and you've seen the twenty eight Liverpool shots or whatever. It wasn't they really, don't count. Shots it wasn't don't count. Really like that. But anyway, to to your point about um Saturday's game. And to my point from the start of this show, when I said that Liverpool have to win, what I mean is Man City are away, you know, they're missing a game. Someone, you know, Aston Villa, by the way, Aston Villa, we should say, could be top of the Premier League by Saturday morning if they beat Sheffield United on Friday night. Well done to Aston Villa so far. Fair play if that happens. But we do talk about Liverpool and Arsenal as being the two genuine title rivals to City. And I just think that if Liverpool come out of a week where they've played United and Arsenal at home, And if they haven't put either of them away and they haven't got a little bit of a gap at the top of the league, they will be regretful when City come back and go to Everton to play next Wednesday. That's my point.
0: Um, yeah, and I, I just want to reverse a little bit. Reverse to, your bus. You know, the reverse you,
1: your five buses. To re,
0: re, reverse, reverse the five buses. But also to your point about bit what being a football supporter and fans are entitled to go and and basically what you said, be miserable, sit there, don't have to shout. What I mean, what is the point? And the, and this was Jurgen Klopp's point. What is the point in going if you are just gonna sit there and you are not gonna back your team and you are gonna be miserable, Liverpool? have done more than fine this season, haven't they? So the whole point is, if you don't understand the role of of, of a football fan, at this moment in time, Jurgen Klopp is saying that the, the team actually need the fans to drive them on in this huge week. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And if you want to be a, a miserable old northerner and you don't want to go and watch uh, your team and you want to sit there and you want to be silent... You do that. That is your prerogative, but that is not the role of a football the number supporter. Of, the
1: number of times that you reference the fact that I'm from the north it begins, it begins <laughs> to begins to disturb me a little bit. You know, I let it slide about twice on every episode that we do, but I don't know where. You, I mean, given that you're from Nottingham yourself, you're not exactly not exactly southerner yourself, mate. You're verging on a northerner yourself. So let's just have some decorum. The thing is, let's every, have some decorum time- in the house. <laughs>
0: Every no. time I say miserable, I have to finish it with
1: northerner. Well, I mean, you played. Hang on, you played so, for you played so I, uh, for, you played, for a... played for played for <laughs> Bla- Blackburn, you played for Blackburn, you yeah, played but... played for Celtic. I mean, come on, let's be fair. I, I'm not. I'm not
0: put, I'm not putting every person from the, from the north in that category. Just, me. Just you.
1: The north is a beautiful place, as you know. <laughs> it is. Well, um, look quickly um, before we move on to um, to Nottingham. Actually, Nottingham Forest against Bournemouth, Arsenal. Our producer Henry, as we know, is, a, is an Arsenal supporter, but and he's brought it to our attention quite rightly that it's almost four. We're coming up to the four-year anniversary of Mikel Arteta's um, time at Arsenal, and we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about Arteta. And often it's not for the right reasons because often it's about his behaviour on the touchline, some of the things he says. But maybe just for the next couple of minutes, we really should celebrate the job that he has done at Arsenal in those four years. He has taken them from. Nowhere to the top reaches of the Premier League, back into the Premier League. That squad that you inherited from Unite Emery, which was which was still suffering from the weakness of the back end of the Wenger years. You know, had people like Mesut Ozil in it, um, Aubameyang was in it, uh, Lacazette was in it, um, and that those are those are only three. And I'm talking about players who who were there on big money, big reputations, not performing. And Arteta's got them all out and stamped his own personality all over that football team, hasn't he? And we should congratulate him and give him credit yeah. for that.
0: Uh yes, uh, you know, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think last season how 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 cl- how close they ran Manchester City was, you know, testament to him. And going in, he had to change a culture and an environment. I think he's talked about that a lot, and he has done that. I think that. Uh, I think the other week you were talking about the need for a, uh, a proper number nine, a goal scoring number nine, an all round number nine. I think that that's, that that's fair, but all the same, he's done pretty fine with the, with the team, which he's got this season. And they are, they're definitely doing it in a, in a different way this season, where I think that, I don't know whether flamboyant is the right word, but they were, they were. A better watch last season, I think that they were maybe played a a higher-risk brand of football last season. I think he's a little bit more pragmatic, and I think you'll see that in the the amount of goals that they have scored. I haven't scored this season, but they've been steely at the back, and that's the difference in Arsenal this season. And that may be the difference why they get over the line this season. Uh but also the 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 drop away with with Manchester City but the fact that he is adaptable as a manager and we have we have seen that I think is a you know is a great testament to Mikel Arteta. Uh,
1: to be fair, you were one of the first people who made me or turned my attention towards the different way that Arsenal are playing this season. Um, I probably hadn't seen enough of them playing live. I think you had, or maybe I just wasn't paying proper attention. But I am now certainly paying paying attention to the numbers, to the defensive solidity that you talk about. The influence of Declan Rice on that is clearly, um, clearly huge. But equally, the Arsenal are a team that reek that reek of very, very good, uh, excellent coaching. That is what that is what the, that team smells of. And maybe you know we do criticise. Uh, him a little bit for his behaviour on the touchline line as I've said but maybe you know his justification for that would be it probably unifies that team it probably unifies that stadium if we go back to what we talked about in terms of atmosphere because the Emirates is not exactly yeah it wasn't the library that they used to call Highbury but it could be quiet we've both said that the Emirates absolutely jumps now in a way that it hasn't in years previously so he's got something going there Arteta and um, they are They are a treat to watch, front and back. I must admit, I'm going to their game, I think it's on the 28th at home to West Ham. I'm looking forward to that. Um, And I think it'll be a cracking game on on Saturday night.
0: Hold that thought, we'll be back right after this. Wow!
1: Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds.
0: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Now, moving on to uh, the other end of of the table, the bottom kind of reaches of the table, Nottingham Forest have finally sacked um, their manager. We say finally, you and I have talked about it before. We've got agitated about it before because we knew it, we knew it was coming. There were too many noises, um, the wrong kinds of noises coming out of that football club. Um, Steve Cooper has gone. Um, he has been replaced already by the former Wolves and Tottenham manager, Nuno, Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, what are your thoughts, Chris? I think we probably know what our, our thoughts are, but let's articulate them.
0: If I was a Norwich... Oh, sorry, a, a Nottingham Forest supporter, which I was when I was younger um and right now at this moment in time when i heard about the appointment and i may be wrong because every manager deserves a chance i was so underwhelmed underwhelmed is 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 the right word by The
1: choice of nuno
0: yeah but by, by the by the choice of nuno going in and and taking over from uh steve cooper Um, maybe you can argue at, uh, at at Tottenham, he got a bit of a, a, a rough deal because he didn't get long enough. But I think the perception of, uh, of Nuno is that he is, um, he is quite a negative manager in the way that he sets teams up. And maybe it is harsh because if you look at, uh, the first couple of seasons or first few seasons when he went in at Wolves and a couple of seventh place finishes, but they did regress, albeit he, you know, I think he deserved the opportunity to manage up. But I think that that's maybe, maybe I'm wrong with this, but with the perception which I have of him, I wouldn't be, you know, overly excited about this appointment. And and I'm not so sure if I was a Nottingham Forest fan, I wouldn't be so sure he's the guy to take Nottingham Forest to the next level. But, you know, I would say that every manager, you know, deserves an opportunity to show what he can do. And obviously the owner has seen something in him where he thinks that he is the guy to take them to the next level. But I'm, I'm sceptical.
1: Let's say, let me say a couple of things here. The first thing I want to say is that this could turn out to be a very, very good week for Luton, Sheffield United and Burnley. Because if this goes wrong for Forest, then that will mean that a three-way, well, how can you have a three-way tussle for three relegation places? But well, that's what it is at the moment. Now that Bournemouth have improved, a three-way tussle for the three relegation places could turn into a four-way tussle because this could drag Forest in the wrong direction. Let's see. I, I, don't, say, I don't,
0: Ian. I, I don't. I don't think that uh, you know he's going to be that bad.
1: You don't. No. You th- well. Okay. Like, like, I'm not. I'm not sure. And the reason I say that is because the new no who coached at Wolves, I think impressed everybody. Impressed everybody at Wolves. Impressed the people who watched Wolves. I remember the team that he got up from the Championship. They came up into Premier League and really went. I remember watching them play um, Manchester City at Molyneux. I think they drew on all. And Wolves really went at them, which not many teams do to to City, as we know. And and Wolves were a very, very good side for a while and a progressive side. And he spoke to people at Wolves. Um, I remember sitting down with Nuno, with some other journalists for an hour or so, few years ago when he was at wolves he was fascinating but then he it was almost like a fire went out I'm clicking my fingers for those who um those who were listening and not watching um I'm like not too sure they out. would have heard it well, well okay I'm not going to do it again by the time um by the time he got to tottenham and I know this from people who I know very well at tottenham he was like a different person he was he was he was he was, he was kind of non-communicative um he was he was he seemed flat he had no energy and it was almost as though he'd gone into Tottenham too soon after being sacked by Wolves and as if maybe he hadn't had that time to recharge because they couldn't believe the character, not just the fact that, that he didn't win games. In fact, I think he wouldn't manage with a month in his first month, but then it went south pretty quickly and they sacked him. But one of the reasons that they did was because his demeanour was just wrong. He wasn't, he wasn't inspiring everyone, anyone, he wasn't lifting anyone, he wasn't giving anyone confidence, and people at were, Tottenham were baffled because that wasn't the guy who they'd kind of interviewed. It wasn't the guy they'd seen at Wolves. It wasn't the guy that they'd, that they'd got good references about. It was all, He was almost like a shell of himself.
0: Was the job now, too big I, for him then, Tottenham?
1: I, who, there was that school of thought as well. That was discussed as well behind the scenes at Tottenham. But I think the, the, the conclusion that most people at Tottenham made on the back of that very short um, spell was that he'd just come into Tottenham and he hadn't properly re- recharged after after Wolves. That's what they hoped anyway, because he looked like a fella who'd fallen out of love with football. Um he's subsequently been to Saudi and worked and worked in Saudi and now he's come to Forest. So let's wait and see what type what, what version of Nuno Nottingham Forest get. But they really need the Wolves version, because if they get the Tottenham version, then they will then they probably will be relegated. And the other point I want to make. Is that he's already given a press conference? His first press conference have not been unveiled as manager. First thing he says, the squad's too big. Yeah. Well, Get welcome, excuses, to Forest. Welcome, to, welcome, welcomes Nostkin Forest. Nuno. I mean, I'm sorry, mate, but that's not Steve Cooper's fault. That's the football club. That's the football club that you're going to have to uh, that you're going to have to work work in. Um, but that's so, the
0: oldest. That's the oldest one in the book, that isn't it? That, I mean, there's always what, there's always something. I mean, what will be next? What would be not the, fit what, enough? Exactly, they're the not Golden fit enough. Buzzer. They aren't
1: fit yeah, enough. They're, they're not fit enough. And then it'll be all this t- Then it's about, all oh, they've been eating, they've been putting ketchup on the chips. So That's got ketchup <laughs> out of the canteen. And then the next manager will come in next, next time, around in a few months, and say, oh, let's get ketchup back in the canteen. There's nothing wrong with ketchup. It only has kind of 0.2% sugar in it or something. Now, quickly, other things have happened while you've been away. Everything happens while you're away. Celtic lost. Um, Celtic lost. Rangers, Rangers won a cup. Um, and then Rangers won in the league. Rangers will be top of the Scottish Premiership if they win their game in hand. Um, I don't think we saw that coming, did we?
0: Um, I think there's been a, a marked difference with the new Rangers manager, Philip Clement, coming in with a good track record. Uh, he's got his head down. He's a bit like the Belgian An- Ange Postacoglu, really. And he's just focusing on what, what his team are doing and not talking about Celtic. It's about the next game. And he's off to a flyer. I don't... They had, a, they had a brilliant result uh, in Europe against Real Betis to top their Europa League group. Uh, I still don't think Rangers are a brilliant football team, and I don't think they're out of the woods yet. And I don't think Philip Clement uh, thinks that. Where they will be, uh, where, where they will, I think, have a great deal of heart. As a look across the city at a, at a Celtic team at this moment in time who are who are disjointed. And going through the motions. And I think Brendan Rogers, um, you know, there's a fair argument to, to suggest that he's been going through the motions, uh, this season. I also think the words which he used, um, I saw his interview after the Hearts game about, um, players lacking passion, uh, and desire. That's, is that not his responsibility as manager to put out, uh, a, you know, a motivated, team I think it is and I think he has to take a far uh, greater um, share of the blame and and far greater responsibility than he has done there's a lot of mud flying around at at, at the board and there's a certain um, support that Celtic had uh, have not allowed into the stadium and people can use those as as excuses but the fact of the matter is the team on the pitch this season uh, haven't performed Uh, As well as they should have done. He's taken over a different situation because he, you know, he's, he's taken over a team, Ange Postacoglu's team, who were fast and furious. This season under Brendan Rodgers, it has been flat. That's the way it has been, and there, there, there are sort of excuses about not doing well in the Champions League. Um, you know, I've spoken about that before on here. Celtic weren't prepared for the Champions League, and they should have been prepared for the Champions League. Uh, out of the well, Rangers have already won the first uh, trophy of the season, and Brendan, you know, he 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 can live on his past record at Celtic, but only for so long. I think there's a bulk of the support who haven't been fooled. By the nature of performances this season but there's a chance now that they can put things right but the excuses about um not bringing in or not having enough quality players there's only a couple of players different from Ange Postacoglu's team um you know uh this season to last season I think he's brought in eight new signings and um there was only one one of those new signings who played at the weekend against Hearts, Lewis uh, Palmer, who started against Hearts. So Brendan can't use that as an excuse. He should be getting more out of this team at this moment in time. That is the bottom line.
1: Nobody knows uh, Celtic better than you do. Nobody talks with more authority, passion or intelligence about uh, Celtic than you do. So I'm not going to add to that. I'm not going to add to what you've just said there, but if I was writing a headline or three headlines from the things you've just said, I think you just said that um, suggests that Brendan Rodgers might be going through the motions. Never heard that said before about Brendan Rodgers in my life. Might be going through the motions. Celtic look flat, running out of excuses. I think we will leave it there because that's a. a uh, a pretty perfect summation of where uh, Celtic are at the moment, and I didn't, I did not expect to hear you say things like that about Brendan Rodgers. By the time we got to Christmas, when he went back in the summer. Before we go, uh, former Rangers manager Michael Beale, not a particular friend of yours, is back in football at Sunderland. So we're wishing him well, I presume, are we? Yep, good luck, Michael. Yep, is that yep. what we're going to say? Happy good, Christmas, Michael, good, and good luck.
0: Good luck. Mick, I mean, his, his, the greatest, uh, greatest attribute in f- football seems to be pulling the wool over people's eyes. I think he talked about being pulled in a different direction at Rangers. What direction was that? I think he called Ange, I think he called Ange Postacoglu lucky. I mean, blimey, some of the jobs Mick gets, he's a humble Mick gets. I think he's slightly fortunate to get this job. And you think, you know, it's a downgrade from Tony Moby, but let's give him time. We have to give all managers time. But he does
1: talk some called. nonsense. He's got he's got a big he's got he's got a big game coming up coming up the other side of Christmas, Newcastle versus yes. Sunderland in the FA Cup. That'd be worth that'd be worth watching. Mick, if you are listening, just say this from my point of view, I'd like to say congratulations on the job. Good congratulations, Mick. And happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Um, and that goes to everybody. Thanks again uh, for listening. We've covered a few topics on this show which are quite um, emotive. If you feel, if you have a strong view on, on how supporters should behave in stadiums, whether they should be criticised by managers or whether it's up to the team to entertain them, let us know in the comments. Um, similarly, about Mikel Arteta and the job that he's done at Arsenal, Nuno's um, arrival at Nottingham Forest, all interesting debating points. And um, please remember to subscribe to the show Leave some comments about what you think, and we might get back to them next time. And next time we'll be on Christmas Day. Uh, we are going to wish you a happy Christmas now, but we, there will be a Christmas Day show. It is it is a Monday, um, so we'll be here. I might have my Christmas jump point. It looks as, as I'm going to have yeah. to. Chris has got Chris has got his on. You're going to you'll have to wear a different one, mate. By the way, you can't wear that one again. Uh, so I, you've got one. I presume you've got one with a canary right in the right in the heart. I've of got, it you?
0: I've got one with bells on. I'll, I'll you there, and every, yeah. everything
1: you do has got bells on me um, anyway look thanks for uh, being with us everybody we will be back on Monday um, for the next um, episode of It's All Kicking Off in the meantime have a good start to your holiday and we'll see you on Christmas Day
0: Planning for your next trip?